Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Popcorn Wine Down. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Thank you for joining us this week. We show some respect to the one, the only queen of soul, Aretha Franklin, as she was portrayed brilliantly by Jennifer Hudson, who was handpicked for the role of Aretha Franklin, um, for the role by Aretha Franklin herself. Um, This week, we review Respect. Um, The movie gives us a behind-the-scenes glimpse into Miss Franklin's early life and career. Tammy. Did you earn, did the movie earn your R E S P C T? Yes, it was good. The acting was phenomenal. Like I was surprised about um, some of the characters on how some of the actors are on how well they did. But overall, I enjoyed the movie. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely enjoyed the movie. What did you think of it? Um, I agree with you on the acting. I the acting was phenomenal. Um. I think Miss Franklin, I, look at me, I'm in the habit of calling her that now. I think Miss Franklin, I think she did a great job of handpicking the role um, with Jennifer Hudson. And I loved everything about that. We can get into that more than in a minute. Um, the movie was better than I thought it was, in a, than I thought it would be in a lot of ways. Um, biopics are usually hit or miss. Um, and some of the just... I, I, I hate that we only got glimpses and a lot of it was kind of scattered shot. Like um, it wasn't, I wish it was more focused and more concentrated on the areas of her life that it focused on, if that makes any sense. So um, I thought it was a little scatter shot in that, but overall I did enjoy it. I did. Um, did you realize that Ted White was Marlon Wayans? Yeah. I didn't realize that till like, I was like, he looks so familiar. <laughs> and <Really>? then, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it took me a moment. And then I was like, he looks so familiar. And I'm like, oh shit, that, and I'm like, nah, it's not. But then at the end, when I was looking at the crest, I'm like, it was Marlon Wayans. He yeah, did a great, like, he, he, I think he surprised me more than, and like Jennifer Hudson did her thing with the acting. I think I agree with you. She was a phenomenal pick. Um, to play Aretha Franklin, not to take away from anyone else that's played Aretha Franklin, but being handpicked by Aretha and doing such a phenomenal job um, in the movie. But Marlon Wayne surprised me because he's a comedic actor. Um, so to see him like come in and play that role and do so well playing that role, I was just like, wow, like open my eyes to... Okay, all right, Marlon. All right, yeah. I'll give you a shot. I'll give you and a shot. I, and I want to say that he this is maybe his second, or he's done just like a handful of dramatic roles, and most of them have been small, like small, small. It's not where he's actually had, like, I guess, a supporting role in this. Um, you know, like I'm thinking of it in terms of how they would go for nominations or awards or anything like that. So, I would say he he this would definitely be a supporting role, but um, he he did surprise me too because you know Forrest Whitaker is just fucking Forrest Whitaker like come on now, um, you know. Uh, but um, so yeah, was there anything else that you were surprised about as far as the acting or the characters or the story itself? Um, no, just Jennifer Hudson um, doing a phenomenal job showing people that she can really act and she wasn't just given this role because she can sing, because she can. Um, and then Marlon Wayans, uh, I think those two were 
the best surprises and um, the two characters and actors that made me really, really enjoy this movie. Like I focused on this movie just because of how amazing um, they did. Yeah, um, and she she did a phenomenal job. Like she embodied Aretha Franklin. Like first of all, when you when you when I heard it, I'm like, okay, but they look nothing alike. And then it was like, but Aretha handpicked her, and it's like, okay, um, but you you forget that they really don't physically resemble, but just the voice, the way she worked on her voice and the affectations of her voice. And she like she took on Aretha's voice and her characteristics and her person. Like she became Aretha Franklin. And so you 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 did not see her as Jennifer Hudson. At least I didn't see her as Jennifer Hudson portraying Aretha Franklin. I saw like Aretha Franklin. And then when she sung, even though you know Aretha has a one of a kind voice, and I love the fact that she didn't necessarily try to mimic that because you know you couldn't. But she took the songs were still classic and they still sounded like Aretha, but they, she kind of took them and made her, her made them her own. If, if that makes sense, where it wasn't like some cheap Carrie Oakey cover. Am I making sense there? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I, I really appreciated that. Um, and having said that, I learned a lot, a lot of things that maybe I had forgotten, um, you know, Aretha Franklin, her, the highlight of her career um was way before my time but just I remember um her music in the house uh you know growing up a little bit and then just as I kind of discovered music on my own and my own identity and went back to uh, when when I would hear people talk about the greats I, I kind of made it my mission to go back and see oh okay so you know I did fall in love with Sam Cooke on my own and Otis Redding and Aretha Franklin is one of those that I just kind of fell in love with on my own and so, um, and doing that, like hearing hearing some of the songs, I was like, oh, yes. But I forgot, like, I knew that they said her relationship with her dad was so fucking complicated. And um, I, I could never remember, like, I had always under, kind of understood that he didn't want her to sing secular music or it was just like, I don't know. I was still kind of confused about that. Maybe he just wanted full control over her career. I'm not sure. I but think more you... on full control. Based on the movie, um, wanting full control. Because when her, you remember when her mom said, he doesn't own your voice. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I think that's what it was on the fact of for a, you know the beginning of her career, she allowed her father to own her voice to say what she can sing, um, you know, when she can sing, how she can sing it. Um, it, it was all him on, on full control. So, so yeah, uh, definitely controlling on um, her career, um, just making sure that he kept his stamp on it um, so that they weren't just talking about Aretha Franklin, but they were also talking about him. Yeah, like, uh, I, you know, I'm just going to say it. May he rest. The Reverend C.L. Franklin was a motherfucker. He was a gangster. <laughs> I, I looked at that as if he was a typical pastor to me. <laughs> no, like, I mean, I look, I grew up in the church. Um, I grew up around church folk. 
and I grew up around Pentecostal church folk. Um, so, you know, that's, that's close to, you know, that Baptist uh, church. And um, yeah, I was, I was not surprised. Like when you see the Saturday parties that he had every week, I was just like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm not surprised because it's like, and it's hard to keep them straight because I have seen both. Um, I saw the Cynthia Arrivo uh, portrayal. Yeah, genius. And she did a great job in the miniseries. And because it was a miniseries on TV, um, it still, it, it dealt, it went into, it gave a little bit more detail into different aspects of her life, but it was still scattershot too as far as the timelines and how they told the story. So that's one thing that I didn't like about either. But um, so I, forgive me if I confuse the two, but the, I think it was in the movie where Dinah Washington, yeah, it was in the movie where where Dinah Washington said, who was it that started on the church circuit? Sam Cook, um, Ray Charles. Ray or, Charles. Ray Charles, she, where she said, Ray Charles, she said, the church folk ain't much better. Ray Charles said the best sex he ever had was on that church circuit. Yeah. So, you know, it, it that didn't surprise me either. And it's like, okay, and I guess that's where, forgive me, um, where some of the hypocrisy comes in um, on it. And, uh, you know, and I think one thing that, like, she, Aretha Franklin was just so mature for her age and so wise beyond her years because when she got her first, when she first, like, she released at least 10 albums, nine albums before she had her first hit with, what was it, Natural Woman? Was it Natural Woman or? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, it wasn't Natural Woman. It was the other one. Um, Never Loved a Man. And I love that song. Um, but, and so, but when she hit it big with that, she was 25 years old and she'd already had a 13 year old because she got pregnant and had her first kid when she was 12. And yeah. to this day, like no one still knows, or she never said publicly, I don't think she, and I read that she never really even told her family who that child's father was. Um, so it was just like, and so just when you're looking at it, you, 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 it's hard to remember that, wow, she was only 25 at the time. And so it was just like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah. Um, so her, yeah, her dad, her dad was a trip and their relationship was hella complicated. Um, and I, I also, I knew she was an activist. But I, I forgot just like how deep I didn't realize how deep she was into the movement and that she grew up with all those people coming to her house. Like, um, you know, yeah, she knew Martin, a lot of famous people. Yeah. Like Martin Luther King Jr. Um, her dad was part of the civil rights movement with him. She was part of the civil rights movement. I knew that she sang at his funeral, but I didn't realize that the connection was so deep, you know, Um uh, Dinah Washington, uh, Sam Cooke, all of those people, you know, so that, that, that was like, she had it in her genes, like, it, it was amazing. Um, what did you think? Of? Um, just her, her childhood, let's start there. Um, it was fucked up. <laughs> it was very fucked up. I will disagree with you. I don't think, um, she was, mature beyond her age i think that um she was stunted in a way um based on just the movie um i did not know her background before i watched the movie i knew her music 
but I did not know her background. Um, I'm a fan of her, her music, but I guess I wouldn't say that I'm a full fan of Aretha Franklin. Um, so, yeah, like she, she was very, um, like she let other people control her and it was to make sure everybody else was good. And I guess that's from the trauma of when she was younger and, you know, that whole thing. I mean, block, um, blocking out, you know, what went on between her dad and her mom that she didn't even remember why her mom ultimately left and who her father, you know, who her father was with her mom. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think that was maturity. Like she, she, she did have um, all those albums come out by the time she was 25 and all of those albums were controlled by her father. That's the reason why she had no hits because she wasn't singing something from her for herself. She was singing for her father. She was singing for the producer, um, but she wasn't singing for herself. It wasn't until she started singing more for herself that she started to see hits when she started to take control of her career um, is when she started to see hits and people started to know who she was. Um, besides just being like, you know, the church girl or her father's daughter, you know, um, with the voice. So um, other than that, like um, she had a fucked up childhood. Like, I mean, for you to have a kid at 12 and then your people tell you that's the devil in you and you really believe it. And that was what you spread the whole time that you had a demon in you. And, you know, and, and but. I talked to my friend about that and she was just like, oh, you know, I mean, that's how the black community sometimes is. Like we ignore those kind of things because we don't, we don't want to acknowledge some of the evilness within our own community. You know, we just going to do that suffer through kind of thing. So. Yeah. And, um, and I get it. And, and let me clarify when I say mature, I think just, I think professionally, that's where I would say mature, like just to to be 25. But personally, yeah, you could see where she was stunted, uh, where she relied on a lot of people um, and a lot of different things to help her deal with the trauma of her childhood. First of all, uh, being dragged out on the road as a child, being raped by, you know, uh, I, who knows when it actually started, but having a child when you're 12 um, and being a child yourself um, and for your trauma, you, you're being told all this time that that's your demons. Like you say, we all have the demons, but to just be to control, just to, and when James Cleveland finally tells her that's not a demon, that's just your trauma and you need to deal with it, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I do, I, I do understand that. And, um, it didn't, it kind of alluded to certain things, the movie, uh, about how she dealt with that, about her alcoholism, her alcoholism and her substance abuse. And then um, I think, you know, how once she became clean of, and sober from that, how then food kind of became that next crutch or that thing that she, she, she relied on. And, you know, um, and I guess that's what I meant when I said scattershot, although we are so much more than we're, than our trauma and Aretha Franklin is so much more than her trauma. Um, I don't know that necessarily gl glossing over a lot of it, um, if it helped. And I, I guess that's why I'm saying it, it, the movie would have been better served to me if it would have just taken 
um, a particular point in her life and focused on that, the whole story, the music and the personal, rather than just giving us this kind of glossed over glimpse, like um, it painted her, her picture, told her story in such broad strokes, I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, but yeah, she, it, I don't know. And then her husband, um, the first one, Ted, she actually met him when she was a child, like at one of her dad's Saturday night parties. Um, he, he initially was dating Dinah Washington. And so it's like, he was that much older than her. And I'm not saying that they actually got together before she was of, of legal age, but, um, so you went from, and then I, I want to say, gosh, again, I might be confusing the two, but in one of them, her sisters alludes to that her husband was actually just in it. I think it was this where her husband was just like her dad when they were saying that um, you you and him fight like mom and daddy fight, you know, Yeah. When, was they, when they were trying to convince her to leave him. And it was just like, oh my gosh, you know, so, um, but yeah, and then um, so what did you think about that Time Magazine article? When it came out that her husband beat her in the lobby? Yeah. I mean, facts. Like, everybody saw it, and then you get the little bit of a flashback of exactly how it went down. Um, you know, and then she finally stood up for herself, and she was like, how are you going to prove that it didn't happen? Everybody saw you. Yeah. You know, um, she finally grew some... Some cojones. <laughs> <laughs> yes and um said like you won't go but when she i i thought it was gonna be like last time until she started packing up his shit and i said oh oh she dead serious now like she really throwing out the trash okay All right. yeah because he like you know you get it, it he was kind of like in in the movie again it goes towards this kind of makes me want to actually go back and read her memoir, like, cause it's just so. Is much. it going to be more honest than the movie? Cause the movie was PG thirteen. Yeah, I think so because her memoir was actually written by her and and a co writer, co author. So it's her story and her words. Um, but I, cause like he, her Ted. So when they meet, you you get. You see what happens, but from the very beginning, from that scene after their first night together, you kind of get that she was into him more than he was into her. Like at that point, it's it. I got the demeanor, like his attitude kind of changed. Like he got what he wanted when they were when they were talking about her records. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know mm -hmm. what I'm talking. And yeah. so I was like, damn, did he? Did he? Is he really that dude who now that he got what he wanted? He's just going to jump on the gravy train, jump on the gravy train. And um, and to an extent, he he was a I don't know. He helped her break away from her father, but then he became another. I don't know how I don't know what the I don't know. The only how to reason she was able to break away from her father is because she got a replacement and that was it. And that was Ted. Thank you. Exactly. So he became like a replacement. Um, and forgive me for lack of a better term, but he can't, he became this other noose around her neck. Um, and like I said, forgive me for lack of a better term for that. But um, yeah. And so when they went down now, those white boys in, in Shoals, Alabama, those mugs could jam. 
Like mm-hmm. they had it going on. And he he and I and I guess that's the first time where we get the glimpse of that he was jealous and he also did a lot to sabotage her. Like if like you said about her father, if he wasn't getting the credit for it, then he didn't want her to become like too big or too popular. And I guess we saw that when they were talking about sending her on the European tour. And he's like, no, no, she can't go to Europe because she has to do TV or she can't do this. Or if she does this, she has to do it with my band. And, you know, so, but that That's scene- another thing of her, him controlling her career and her letting him just so she don't have to deal with, you know, his hurt feelings, which goes along with the abusive relationship that they had, not just physical, because a lot of times we focus on the physical, but- you had that emotional abuse where the decision that she made was based on his emotions to make sure that they didn't get to the part where he would get physical with her. Yeah. You know, and then when he comes back, like the one time when she comes back and he's like, well, you got to help me deal with my demons the way I help you deal with yours. And so I was just like, yeah, it it was, it, it was bad. And um, the scene where him and the guy they get into the fight in the hotel room in Alabama because um, the trumpet player whoever was just talking to her or just joking around with her and it's just like really? Y'all gonna fight about that? Like you're jealous over that? So It was it was because they they, ultimately the fight wasn't about the trumpet player no, it, it was wasn't. about the fact that he was uncomfortable with, first of all, being in Alabama. Um, he was uncomfortable with the fact that they proved him wrong on the type of music they could play and what they could present. Um, and as well as the fact that she complimented them on surprising her on the music that they could play and the fact that they could keep up with the style of music that she wanted to do. That's what I think ultimately like threw him off of the whole entire thing where he went at it with the dude. I forgot what his name was. Um, He went at it with the producer because of that, because he just could not believe that somebody else was going to come in. And if they give her too much comp, too many compliments, what would she need him for? Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, but Wexler had told him, and I forgot whose backing musicians they were, Ray Charles, Wilson Pickett's, um, but they were they were the studio musicians for, for some other big band or some other big act um, back then. And so, and then, yeah, because when they got there, she, he's like, I told you that. And she's like, but how the hell was I supposed to know they were white? <laughs> and so, and I, and I was just like, yeah. And then, you know, he, the, the guy, the fight at the hotel was just ridiculous. And I was just like, wow. Um, you know, but I, yeah, he, he, he was just ridiculous. And they actually, they stayed married for about nine years. Um, and then she went on to the tour manager who she never married. She was only married twice and her second husband, which they didn't talk about or, and this was Glenn Turman. Do you know who that is? Nope. The actor he played. Oh gosh. Have you ever seen Cooley High? Nope. Nope. Oh, <laughs> Glenn Turman. If I showed you a picture, you would know who he was. Um, you've seen him in um, 
he you've seen him in other stuff I just can't think of anything that he's been in off the top of my head but that was her second husband and I want to say if I'm not mistaken they were married for about not six seven years um I forgot why they ended up getting divorced but I want to say that she was in um Mama Rainey Ma Rainey yeah he was he played um he was the one who got stabbed in the back yeah, he was the one with the shoes. He was the one who was talking about the shoes. Oh, yeah. okay. I know he yeah. I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, she said that that was the love of her life or something, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, but yeah. Um, so, but that was her second husband. Um, what did you think about her family dynamic? Just like her, her relationship with the rest of her family, her brother, her father, her sister's. Um, she was disrespectful to her siblings. Um, she had talent and she threw it in their face that uh, she was the one with the most talent. Um, I hated that. And then, you know, they just kind of went back to the full, well, you know, that's the demon in her. So we got to forgive her. We got to, and I'm just talking about the movie. I don't know how, you know, um, it was in real life or anything like that. But just in the movie, um, she was very, very selfish towards her siblings. She was she was a bitch um, to her siblings when she got the liquor in her. And I guess that's the excuse for her treating her sisters the way that she did. Um, even though like they stuck by her and they dropped their whole lives to go on tour with her and you know, all of that. But, um, and then her grandmother raised her kids. She didn't raise her own kids. None of them. So, um, I am not a fan of her family dynamic. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to, um, and that's why I say I have to read, the, I want to, I kind of want to read her memoir just to see what was really true because it, in the, in, not to compare the two because we're not really talking about, but in the, in the mini series of Cynthia Revo, um, when she was, when she got pregnant, they basically said her grandmother took it upon herself and said, Hey, we this is the family baby you know like they weren't upset with her um her grandmother was actually upset with her father because she told her father don't take her on the road she's too young for this um for that life um and that he was supposed to watch her well you know like we said papa was a rolling stone on his own um he was drinking and partying on fridays but on saturdays but made sure he was in church preaching up a storm on sundays um to forgive him of all his stuff but uh, yeah, so she, you know, um, especially with her being so young, and that was something that they alluded to is that um, not many people knew, especially when she first started out, that um, at 22, 23 years old, that she'd already had children, um, one of them reaching the double digits in age. So it kind of became something that was just kind of talked about a little bit later. Uh, but yeah. So, um, yeah, her, it, it was just, I don't know. I, well, did you enjoy the story overall? I love the movie. I said that. I said that in the very beginning. The movie was good. Um, the acting was phenomenal. But I'm going to acknowledge the fact that um, she had some shitty instances. It comes from her childhood, of course, and the trauma of her childhood. But, um you know, you can be the queen of soul and still be a bitch, so. Yeah, now, and she did have a reputation for not suffering any fools, for being a diva, um, 
you know, for uh, she she was known to make you wait. She was one of those latecomers, um, you know, but hey, she was the queen of soul. You were going to be on her time um, for some shows, you know, that she was very. And you saw it in some instances when she was directing the musicians and saying, no, no, let's do this. You know, she she was a perfectionist when it came to her sound and her music. Um, but she, she was a musical genius. She was also another one of those where she didn't have any formal training. She learned from her mom and learned singing from ear. So you can't take that, her talent or anything away from her. But, you know, um, I personally, like you say, you can be the queen of soul and still be a very flawed um, human being, very flawed individual. But and I loved it. Um, I loved the scene at the end where it showed her performing for the Obamas. I I think at the I want to say I don't know if it was one the Kennedy one of the Kennedy Center honors or something. Yeah, um, when she, she yeah, it's when she, when she yeah when she sang "Natural Woman" and she yeah. had on that fur coat. And um, one of the things I wish they would have talked about, and they really didn't talk about it. I wish they would have talked about how she got the name the Queen of Soul. She didn't give it to herself. Um, this people in Chicago kind of just gave it to her um, when she was taking over the soul charts, you know. So I wish it would have talked about more of those highlights in her career, um, why she always at one point took her purse on stage with her. Um, you kind of got a glimpse of it when she was playing the piano at the very end, her 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 hand, her purse was on stage. And that's why And she had this saying where she's like, she always got paid before she sung. <laughs> so she always had her purse with her. Um, you know, just little quirky things like that. So um, I, I kind of wish it would have done a better job of blending in. Um, I, and I keep going back to this, some of the good stuff with some of the bad stuff, because it was like you got the music and you got the tragedy, but you never really got to see her when she was just like, you know, happy or spending time with her children because, you know, she loved her children and they were with her grandmother, but you never got to just see her like kind of be a mom or any of that kind of stuff. So. Um, is there anything you wish you could have seen more of or less of? Or um, I just think uh, the story was disjointed. Yeah. Um, that is one thing that I wrote down. Um, it was it was really, really a disjointed story. Um, I did have to focus a little bit to make sure I knew, like, what era we were in, like, you know, what decade we were in and everything like that, um, just to follow the story a little bit. Um, but once again, I will say great movie. Recommend everybody goes to see it. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Phenomenal, phenomenal acting. Um, you know, just a more honest view. Like I, I heard somebody say on a podcast that I listen to, um, that can you really trust a biopic that's PG 13? Um, cause if you get to the point that you can do a biopic, then that should be a rated R cause you got to fully tell the, you know, tell the truth of it. But at the same time, like, you know, um, there were just things that were left out that I think, um, you know, I'm sure like, you know, there was an agreement to not like focus on it, but, um, just would have given a more honest depiction of, you know, what she had to deal with as well as, you know, her life journey. You said it perfectly, and I think that's the word I was looking for, but I, I just had a brain freeze, and it was not coming to me. Disjointed describes it so perfectly, and you you summed it up. Um, on, yeah, um, I wish there was more of an honest depiction, and 
you know, people are saying that black people, especially when you're doing a biopic about someone in the music industry, I don't care who they are. If you're in the music industry, you've dealt with some shit, Um, especially black musicians coming up during that time, um, just from, you know, in the 60s, what she dealt with. Um, The song, one of the songs that I love by Dusty Springfield, Son of a Preacher Man, I, I don't, I knew it, I knew Aretha Franklin did it, but I didn't know it was her song originally that she did. She originally didn't want to sing the song because she didn't want to be disrespectful towards her father um, because he was a preacher, um, you know, and it, it so I, I, I just I'm with you. I wish it would have been a little bit more honest, not so disjointed. Um, and like I said, everything in her life wasn't trauma. I know that it started off traumatic. I know she had to quote unquote, a lot of demons to deal with um, just because of the things that happened in her childhood. And I'm sure a lot of the family dynamics and all that other stuff. But um, like you said, if it would have focused on maybe one era and just kind of told that story through there, um, then I think it would have been better served. But I agree with you on that. Um, Do you think it should be nominated for any awards? I'm thinking, what do you think? Do you think this is going to be on the awards? Yeah. Um, Marlon Wayans and Jennifer Hudson, definitely. Definitely. They need to get some recognition for um, the role that they played in the movie. I agree. Um, I agree with you. I I think those two definitely. um, Maybe Forrest Whitaker, but if I had to choose between Forrest Whitaker and Marlon Wayans, I would definitely put Marlon Wayans up. Um, the picture itself, the story itself, the movie itself, probably not, but the performances, definitely. Um, so were you a fan of Aretha Franklin's music before now or just casual fan or were you a, uh, were you truly a fan fan? I was a fan of her music. I wouldn't say I was a fan of Aretha Franklin because um, I didn't know anything about her life, um, but I was a fan of her music. Like, I know her songs. Like, I could sing it as they were playing. I was just like, oh, yeah. Um, so I was a fan of her music. But to be a fan of Aretha Franklin, I will say no. Yeah. Um, I Like I said, I was, I'm with you. I was more of a casual fan. I, I Now, I loved her music. Love, love her music. Um, so, you know, um, I, and I was looking back. I'm like, have I spotlighted her? Did, did, was she on? And I was like, ooh. So, you know, when, when the wind down, when the popcorn wind down gets rolling on off cylinders again, I'm going to have to add her to the music because when, you know, setting all this up, I was like, oh, it, it's so much. And I, I can't remember if I spotlighted, if she's been spotlighted or not. So I have to go back and check that. If not, she's definitely coming. Um, but I... I wasn't, like I said, I knew some things about her life, but I'd never done a deep dive. Like I'd never read any of her biographies. I kind of knew on the surface that she was an activist, but this has definitely gotten me interested. And I do, the nerd of me is coming out for the umpteenth time. I think I am just going to go and read her, read a biography or her memoir with her words, because (laughs) I kind of want to know more of the true story. I am a reader and, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek out on it. Um, I'll fill you in. Look, I'll give you the cliff notes. <laughs> I'll be like, this was true. This was true. This wasn't true. They should have put this in. They should have, you know, but I, I'm sure with you. Um, I don't know if it was part of the deal that they made with her 
because this this was in the works before she passed away. And it's been like three years since she passed away. I was like, oh, wow. Uh, but this was in the works before she passed away. She handpicked Jennifer Hudson. So I don't know if it was that she just wanted them to um, tell a certain version of her life and that it was agreed upon that it would be a PG-13 film. I don't know. Um, you know. I and, think she just but, didn't want to show certain things. So. Yeah. And, and you know, it's absolutely her right, her story. She, she has the right to do that because... Um, even though, like I said, I watched the genius and it's good. If you, if you get bored and you want something to watch, you have time on our busy, ever busy schedule. Um, you know, then I highly recommend you watch the genius version too. And, but it is equally disjointed in the story that it tells. And it's not much different. It just goes into a few more details. Um, but it's not anything more salacious or scandalous or, you know, um, I would say it's probably would be a PG-13 as well. So, um, okay, before we wrap up, what's your favorite Aretha Franklin song? Do you have one off the top of your head? Can you think of one? I take that silence as a no, or you're thinking, like, are the wheels turning? Am I, I getting cussed out for asking the question? <laughs> I can't think of one. What's yours? Um, I love... Uh, Never Loved a Man the Way That I Love You, uh, Chain of Fools, uh, but there's one that just takes me, uh, gosh, and every time I make a playlist, like when I make that sad music, Ain't No Way, yes, um, Ain't No Way is probably my favorite, um, as I say, every time I make that sad music playlist, that heartbreak playlist, I put Ain't No Way on there. Because that that's that's probably one of my all time favorites, and um, I love the Amazing Grace album. I never watched the documentary, but it's a great gospel album. So whenever you're in a mood for some just old time take you to church gospel music, I highly recommend that one too. All right, um, so what I think we I think we covered it all. Anything that we missed? Any other questions? No, let's get to the right. All right. So what do you want to rate this? What is your rating for this? Um, I'm going to rate it a 3.5 popcorns. Um, the acting was phenomenal, but the story was disjointed. Uh, it threw me off sometimes, even with the amazing acting. So 3.5. And I do recommend um, going and seeing Respect. I think it's a really, really good movie that um, I would recommend to anyone to see. If you want to see great acting and a great story. But yeah, I can't go higher than 3.5. Wow. I think this might be the first time in history you rated something higher than I did. Um, I went with a three and it was just, and I agree with you. The acting was phenomenal. Um, it's a, it's a cool story. It's a nice story. Um, but for what I said, it was just too disjointed for me um, to really just, and um, I, that threw me off. Um, just the way in which they chose to tell the story, I guess. Um, so I give it a three, but I do, I would recommend it. Um, check it out in the movies. Um, you know, if, if you want to have a good stay at home and chill night, uh, it's on video, it's on video on demand. So, you know, that might be a little cheaper for you to rent it at home for that $20 than going to the movies. I don't know, but I highly recommend you watch it. Um, Jennifer Hudson and Marlon Williams are worth the price of admission, no matter what you choose to do. And Forrest Whitaker's just Forrest Whitaker. Um, even Mary J. Blige has a cameo in it as Dinah Washington. So, you know, hey, 
um, check it out, definitely. So um, that does it for this week's episode of the Popcorn Wind Down, R-E-S-P-C. Oh, my bad. <laughs> you knew it was coming. I, I didn't sing. Well, I didn't really sing. So you knew I had to get it in there. I had to warm up the vocal cords. Um, but please be sure to listen, like, to follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and or Spotify Podcasts. You can also keep up to date on the latest in entertainment and pop culture news, as well as other amazing kernels of pop culture goodness at thepopcornwindown.com. We will be back up and running with all of our great stuff after the Labor Day holiday. The break will officially be, officially be over, but that's it. That's the plug. Pop, 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 pop. One day, <laughs> one day, I'm going to get that sound effect. But until then, we'd like to thank you as always. And be sure to join us next week when we play Kissing Games, when we talk about part three in the finale of the Kissing Booth series. Are you excited about that? Not at all, but I'm going to watch I'm going to be honest. I'm not. You know a song just came into my head. High five. I like the way. Let me stop. I'll save it for next week. I'll save it for next week. (laughs) That's going to be it. Every week I'm going to think of a theme song that may not have anything to do with the soundtrack. So next week it's going to be Kissing Game. Yeah, yeah. You going to join me? I'm going to send you the words to the song so we can sing it together. Until next time, (laughs) y'all. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.